back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. the ticket 93.7 i got a special guest my brother i'm gonna call him from another mother but my brother from another coach mike book what's happening man what up bj how you doing man thank you for having me on i appreciate it oh my god what do you mean i appreciate you coming on mike booker come on now man hey i've been listening to you and checking you out i called you i know but i'm saying what kind of can you critique me give me some points you can give me some pointers. Hey, you probably took more interviews than I did. Man, I'm gonna tell you, you 100. You 100. I say, hey, sky's the limit, dog. Sky's well, yeah. the limit. I try. I try to. You know, I've all, I was always running my mouth and talking to people. So, um, I guess now it's kind of coming back. 30 years later, it's, it's it's paying a little dividends. Well, we can always count on VJ when we as roommates. Everybody else falling asleep, but we can hear that laugh in your room. So, <laughs> you know, I was a night owl, man. I was a night owl. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of that, let's just get into it, book. How did you? And listen, I talked to Coach, Coach Darrington this morning too. Anyway, but how did you get to the University of Nebraska? So that that that's peculiar. Uh, how I got there? Uh, first, I was actually going to go to. Uh, I think it was either Miami. I wanted to go Ohio State. Well, that was first. And then it was out of Miami and Ohio State. And so I, uh, Coach Cooper called a couple times, and uh, he was like, send me your grades, send me your grades. And I knew I didn't have the grades. So eventually he just stopped calling, right? So I didn't send him grades. So everybody, all the schools, I had like, I mean, I had like 100 offers. I mean, 100 people saying we wanted to go to school. And so what I didn't have, I didn't have the grades. So with me not having the grades, I was going to have to go to a JUCO. But in the process of going to a JUCO, uh, uh, Ron Brown and Tom Osborne reached out to my family, and they was like, you know what, uh, you know, we'll, 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 he can uh, he can be accepted here at the University of Nebraska. And uh, when my mother told me that, I didn't actually, you know, I was still nah, they don't know because I don't have the grades. And then uh, T.O. and Ron Brown flew out. They were sitting in the living room, and that's when I believed it. I was like, man, I'm going to Nebraska. <laughs> Couldn't identify where Nebraska was on the map. What did you know about Nebraska at the time? Anything? I'd be honest with you, uh, since I did watch a little football, I think the previous year I, I remember watching them, just you know, just watching a game. But besides for that, I, I really didn't know much. What was your Not best much. sport in high school? What was what? Your best sport in high school. So my best, the, the sport I enjoyed most uh, was baseball. I enjoyed baseball. Um, 
one that I, I wanted to succeed at the most was basketball. <laughs> but the one I was the best at was football. So uh, I coached baseball today. And, and all the coaches are like, why are you coaching baseball? I'm like, baseball is my first love. You know what I mean? Baseball is my first love. I, I, w- I came out the womb swinging a bat. So it was just like something that, you know, my brother did it. Uh, my older brother did it. We all play baseball. What position? Uh, be- I played uh, pitcher, catcher, left field, w- wherever I played. Okay. So I was I was a, a jack of all trades when it came to baseball. So you get to yep. so you get the you get the call going to Nebraska. That was around the time they had Prop Forty Eight. Right. And right. and that I don't you know I can't say I would I wish they would bring that back because if you look at the guys that were Prop Forty Eight that played for Nebraska, mm-hmm. you would be shocked. I mean, some guys you don't even know was Prop Forty Eight that played for Nebraska. Like I, right. I don't know why that, why I drew a blank on you being Prop Forty Eight, but it didn't even it didn't even seem like you were Prop Forty Eight though. Well, I think the, the, the Prop Forty Eight was Prop Forty Eight was probably one of the best things that happened to me um, because I was a guy that was inspired. I was a guy that was really was trying to get up out of my neighborhood. Uh, it was an, actually an opportunity for to prove to everybody that it wasn't off of my academic capabilities. I was more than just that. Uh, even though, you know, when I got to Nebraska, I got it right. But it was just Nebraska took that chance in me. And so I think Prop 48 regulated correctly could be efficient in, uh, in, in back in college football again, um, at least giving guys more opportunities. And, of course, I had to sit out a year. So, you know, with a Prop 48, it wasn't just like I came to school and it was like, all right, sit here and then you come back and play next year. No, I had to get a – I got a 3.2 my first year. I did everything that Tom Osborne and everybody wanted me to do. Uh, I was a model citizen, uh, and I continued that way because I felt – I personally felt that I owed Nebraska something for taking a chance on me. So I think Prop 48 actually saved a lot of guys. You know what I mean? A lot of people look at Prop 48 as far as – wins and losses on the football field, but I look at my Prop 48 as wins or losses of a person. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a place where I'm at today literally because of Prop 48. And so when I hear Prop 48 gets a rap, a bad rap and all this other stuff, I'm just like, man, it saved my life. So, right. Listen, I, when, you say, when you say it saved your life, you mean from the mean streets of California. Right. Yes, that's what I mean. When I when I left when I left Cali, you know, I I was there was people falling off. I mean, there was people living, you know, people getting you know tied up in this gang war, and uh, you know, I I came from a you know it was it was an okay place, but still, you know, we wake up and you know somebody wouldn't be you know returning to school that day, and that's how I even got into football. Wow. I mean, I was you know I was in other sports, and I got into football because one of the coaches at uh, El Camino High School. You know, it was like, look, Michael Booker's an athlete. You know what I mean? I tried out for basketball my freshman year. They didn't let me on basketball because I was like a – I was a – I was a uh, – I was, I was from that area. You know, pants sagging, all this other stuff. But I was, I was a product of my environment. But once somebody came and grabbed me and said there's something else, you know what I mean? I, got, I was on a football team. I, I, I quit the football team my freshman year, my uh, – uh, freshman year, I also got cut from the basketball team, so I was a—I wasn't a trouble kid, but I was—I had the—I had wrong—I had the wrong role model. And one of the coaches came to me and said, "Look, we're going to bring you back your sophomore year, and uh, you're going to play football." And I never left the football field after that. But I had a strong—it was a strong role model. 
it wasn't somebody that was trying to use me up as far as football. It was somebody that said, I want to see a better person out of you. And, that, and, and from there, football, I, I, I owe a debt to football. I, I owe a debt to the people involved in football. It's not the game to me. It's the people that are facilitating that game. I owe a debt to and you you gotta and you gotta think about it's 1989 because I think you know our class was 1993 when we came in, and we lived though our 16, 17, 18 year old year. I remember when I was 13 years old and going to Seattle, and I I spent the summer in Seattle. Me and my brother and my mom, and we come back, and we come back to go to back to Logan Frontenac projects. All of a sudden, now it's gangs. Yeah. So I can only imagine what we had in the small town of Omaha versus being out in California and dealing in that environment where gangs were everywhere and being able to get out had to be life-saving. Yeah, and it was, and, and one thing that uh, that environment did teach me that was positive, it taught me really loyalty. You know what I mean? It taught me, you know, having the backs of my friends, you know what I mean? And it's not always up to mischief. A lot of times it's just like, man, I need you to walk home with me. You know what I mean? I need somebody to walk home with me that got my back. Or I just need somebody that's just going to hold me accountable to certain things. And sometimes people get the bad, a bad rap. But sometimes in that, in that environment, people are trying to get out. People are trying to get out. And that's, that's why I'm in teaching and coaching today is because what someone showed me, I'm showing back to someone else. And I, I got the patience. You know what I mean? I got a lot of patience for these kids. You know, I got high expectations. I definitely got that. But I got patience for these kids because someone had patience with me. The ticket, 93.7, the captain. I'm talking to Michael Booker. Mike, so you get the, you get the call. They say, hey, we want Michael Booker. They fly you up. They, fly, they, put, you on a, they put you on a private jet and fly you. To Nebraska? <laughs> well, you talking about when I came, when I came there, when I actually came there and I was yeah. enrolled? Yeah. You talking about my recruiting trip? No, 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 no. I'm past the recruiting trip now. I talk oh, about no. when you said <laughs> yes, it's time to report. <laughs> they flew you up on a private jet, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so you you already know we already talked about this. So when we go, when I get to Nebraska, remember I didn't have all the the limelight. You know what I mean? There was no. Okay, Michael Booker's coming. He's going to report. My mom buys me a $700 car. I pack up my $700 car from California, mind you, and I hit the road at 18 years old. So I'm driving nearly cross-country, right, from Cali to Nebraska, and I don't have a clue. There's no GPS. You know what I mean? There's none of that. I'm just in the dark driving. Halfway when I get here, I break down. I mean, I break my car breaks down. That seven hundred dollar car breaks down. So I'm in the middle of nowhere, right? On my way to the University of Nebraska, and I'm I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and it, it's it's just uh, uh, a measure of my resiliency and my resolve to get where I was going. So I sat there. I couldn't. It wasn't like there was a payphone. There was no payphone, no cell phone. I'm stuck. So first thing I do is I, I rally up my troops. When I say that, I rally up my courage, and I rally up my whatever I have, and I say, you know what? I'm going to walk. So I just start walking. I don't know if it's north, south, east, west. I just start walking. And then, it, it, and it's at night, I walk to this, uh, this pay phone. I find a pay phone. I make a phone call. Somehow I have enough change. I call my mom. She calls Ron Brown. Ron Brown, I talk to Coach Brown. Coach, me and Coach Brown go back and forth. And next thing you know, I don't know if it was Coach Brown. 
or who it was, but somebody came to get me. And right there, I was like, man, I, I, this, I love this place, right? Because at that time, I was, I was lost. I was, in, I, was, I was lost. I was like, man, I don't know what. I, I had probably about $200 in my pocket. And so uh, they come pick me up. And then so they drive me. I go stay with Dante Jones. That's where I'm staying at uh, while, I'm, while I'm in the summer. I have to get a job. So I had to turn into an adult. See, I wasn't part of the program in a sense. Being a Prop 48 was probably my best year as far as maturing, as far as academics, because I was actually, that was my first time. Matter of fact, I think everybody should go through a Prop 48 year in a sense, where you, you're, you're, you're at the school in the red shirt. Red shirt is kind of like it too. But you're at the school, but you have to send on yourself. You've got to find who you are. And that's what helped my, that really helped my moral confidence at the University of Nebraska because I knew how hard I worked. I mean, I'm not, I'm talking about from the time I left my house in that car to the time I actually played on the field, there were so many obstacles, so many things keeping me from playing football. And it was just everything. If it was from personal life, everything. And, uh, and, and eventually I just, I just made it. That's why when I first got able to put them pads on, oh, I was, I was, I was loose. I didn't know what I was doing in a sense because everybody was moving so much faster than I was because I had to take a year off from football. Mm. So I had to start over in a sense. All right. So, but, so that was my journey there. My journey was in a car, breaks down, somebody has to come get me and drops me off. So, so, so listen, we got to take a break and pay some bills here in a minute. But when we come back, question you, it's 1994. You finally started playing. We're going to talk a little bit about what that was like and winning the championship, the captain, the ticket. I'm with Michael Booker, 93.7.